Hello, everybody. Um, welcome to uh, this um, meeting, seminar, Taking Friendship to a Whole New Level. Uh, we are a group of people who have been uh, meeting for 25 years and have developed a certain way of uh, meeting together, which we wanted to share with you. And um, we call ourselves the Level Fivers. And uh, what we're going to do tonight is just to share a bit of our story um, give you an opportunity, individual stories and also the, mainly the story of the group, and then give you an opportunity to try a little bit of uh, what we do amongst each other, uh, and then have a little bit more of the story and then have some questions. Um, we are There are 15 people in our group, uh, we'll tell you how we met in a minute, um, there are six or seven of us that still meet regularly after 25 years, obviously we all met in a toddler group, you can tell that. Um, <laughs> Three of us, uh, three of the group are no longer in contact with us. Um, about five or six still meet with us from time to time on special occasions and anniversaries. And sadly, one of our group died five or six years ago. So that, that's who we are. But without further ado, I think I will um, hand over to Dave. But we're really grateful that you're here. And um, I think it was my idea to do this. And earlier on, I nearly got lynched. But um, we're here now. There's five of us. We all made it. So thanks very much for coming. And we do hope you enjoy your time. I'm going to hand over to Dave. Thanks very much, Tim. My name is Dave Harris. In 1980, I was a voluntary youth worker at the Mayflower Youth Club in East London. I lived in Plasto, and so the Canning Town was the next village to us. And we had our yearly Crusader Work Party visit us. The, cru- the, the Work Party came to the youth club to do some work in the youth club and in the sports centre there. We are part of that group. Let me backhand over to Pip. Yeah, uh, we've been meeting for 25 years, and can I say, if this seminar goes well today, we'll be having another one in 25 years. Uh, if it doesn't go well, we'll have one next year. <laughs> no, uh, uh, 25 years ago, I was a battered and bruised youth worker running a big project in East London with about 40 youth workers uh, in the most violent situation I've ever worked in in my life. And I was then about the same age as these people are now. So uh, 25 years later, the, we're, we're together a group. But my context in 1980 was being a youth worker and working every, every week uh, with kids who were difficult to work with for me and certainly I think for most people. And uh, in the summer, we had work parties come to help and sort of uh, paint the place. And that was when I spent a couple of hours w- with this group of people. And it was so dynamic that we started to meet and then it meet again. And it just carried on year after year until now. You could actually work out Pip's age if you do this. Because I was 17, I think, 25 years ago. And Pip was the same age then as I am now. Okay, so that's your maths question. Um, uh, yeah, at 17, I think I was halfway through my A-levels, um, attended a, a Baptist church in a, a middle-class suburb of London um, and did my annual crusader jaunt um, and decided to go down to the Mayflower, um, which I think for all of the crusaders who went was uh, a life-changing and challenging experience um, on lots of levels. We never, 
ever dreamt i think from that first work party that we would in 25 years time still be meeting up so something quite special i think happened um at the work party i remember by the way uh, before i signed up for the work party because crusaders do it all sent did it well at that time to do it all centrally and i can remember then just before we were going getting um a copy of the then buzz magazine if any of you are old enough to remember buzz Buzz magazine with an article on the Mayflower, which my, I can remember my mum and dad reading and thinking, oh my word, where is she going for her, uh, her summer holiday? And there was an extremely attractive picture of Pip, who we went, oh, he actually only, Pip was actually only part of the group for, I think, you came down for about two days towards the end, didn't you? So we met you then. But it was, uh, it was definitely a, a different experience in terms of, uh, choices of summer holidays. Well, 25 years ago, I'd uh, just left school, uh, fairly bruised um, from kind of family and uh, things around me at the time, Uh, knew I wanted to do something caring and looking after somebody or something, uh, but didn't know what it was. Um, I actually am very lucky to be here because I actually wanted to go somewhere else on... I actually wanted to go somewhere else. So I only, this was my second choice, uh, although I am very, very glad that I did go to the Mayflower. Um, I came, I come from a, a middle class family uh, that lived down south. Um, in fact, my mother had never left me out of her sight. Uh, I was only 16. Um, and um, she insisted on taking me up to London. And uh, the minute she arrived at the Mayflower Centre, she said, it's all right, dear, we've got you a return ticket. Uh, so she really wanted to take me away with her. Um, so that's my experiences. Sorry. I was 18, uh, senior member of the group, I think, um, in age anyway. Um, and um, I chose to go on this Crusader work party experience. Um, always be one of those people, I suppose, who wanted to help uh, people uh, the disadvantage. I think the idea of the old Mayflower work party was to um, send a group of very respectable middle class young Christians into the East End and help them to have an experience and that's certainly what happened. Um, I got my A-level results in the foyer of the Mayflower phone box I remember and while I was there uh, and um, it was an amazing experience but that's why that's when I went. I was from St Albans. Oh, and I'm now going to hand over to Dave. No I'm not. Um, level five folks uh, it's it's not just uh, the name of the group it's actually a concept for communication basically being level five is a communication tool so what we've thought we should do we're not used to doing seminars and all that sort of stuff so we're, as I say we're doing another 25 years we'll do one but uh, level five is something which is a very positive experience and it's a tool which you can take away if you want to. I mean, you listen to us talking about 25 years, and you can ask lots of questions after. But what I would like to do, and I think it's the most positive to do, is just give you a little wee experience of what Level 5 communication is. Now, you've come into this tent to listen to a seminar, and so many seminars are totally... Uh, communication, information is one way, communication is two-way. So what I'd like to do is ask you if you want to and there's no pressure, to 
uh, sort of participate in what I'm going to do. And what I'm going to do, really, I've drawn up on this board here five levels of communication. And what I'd like you to do is walk you through very quickly the different levels. But I'd like you to talk with somebody for like one minute who's sitting next to you. Right? You don't have to tell me what you're talking about. But what I want you to do is walk through that little journey. Will you do that? Now, if you don't want to do it, just hang out and there's no pressure. I, I, I hate these situations where you go into a, a room and then somebody says, talk to the person next to you and tell them about your soul. I don't want to do that. Uh, level one. All right, I'm going to do level one. And this is what I want you to do. I want you to talk, turn to somebody. If you, if you know them, fantastic. If you don't know them, it's even better. Just turn to somebody and talk to them for one minute about the weather. Okay, go. Stop, 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 stop. Stop, stop, stop. stop. Can I say, it is totally boring talking about this. Is that right? Did you experience that? Because I think that's the thing. If we talk about the weather, it's usually with people we don't know, and we spend maybe two seconds on it, and then we want to move to somewhere else. But level one is cliche conversation, cliche communication, where you just basically say, how are you going? I'm fine. How are you? I'm fine. And you're not maybe fine at all. People have been walking around this campsite speaking to me of the walking, the lives is disaster at the moment. And they've come to Greenbelt, and they want people to talk to, and things are not fine. But level one is... Uh, Cliché, okay? I'm going to write the words on after. Cliché, so that you've got the model. Level two, are you ready? I'm going to ask you to uh, talk at level two communication. And level two is facts, okay? So what I want you to do is to turn to some next year and talk to them and tell them exactly what you did on your journey to get to Greenbelt. Only facts, okay? Go, go, go. One minute. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, almost as boring, folks. Uh, I, I travel a lot on the, on the London Underground, sometimes four hours a day, and you hear all around you people talking about the football match, what happened, EastEnders, what happened, and it's obviously factual, factual. And some people stay at that level. The next level I, is a little bit more interesting, okay? It's a little bit more communication. So on the next level, and are you ready to speak to somebody about it? This mic seems a bit low for some reason. The next level is opinions. And what I'd like you to do is to turn to the person next to you and give you your opinion about Greenbelt. Okay, one minute. Okay, okay. Okay, thank you. Now give us a wave of your hand if you felt talking at uh, the opinion level was more interesting and satisfying than, than level two, for instance. Give us a wave. See, you're participating. That's fantastic. Uh, opinions. Some people don't go into opinions because somebody else might say, oh yes, but I, my opinion is... And some people are frightened of getting into a conflict relationship. So some people stay down at level two and don't enter up into level three, Okay. Uh, what I want you to do is now you take you into level four and level five, okay? Again, it's only one minute. And level four, I believe, is when real communication begins. And this is where I want you to really communicate. At Greenbelt, I don't know how long have you been here, a couple of hours, a day, or maybe longer. What I want you to do is to go in to yourself and think of one thing which has disturbed your feelings in a beautiful way or a good way. Level four is about feelings. So what I want you to do, if you're willing to, is share a feeling about being here at Greenbelt. You could have felt lonely, you could have felt angry, you could have felt whatever. I want you to just talk to somebody about it, but it would be beautiful if the person you was talking to listened. 
And instead of you just listening to the person, uh, don't start thinking of what you're going to say when the other person's talking because you're not listening. So, okay, one minute each. I'm going to give you two minutes here. One minute to one person, one minute to the other. How you're something about Greenbelt and feelings. Okay, thank you. Can I say thank you for doing that? Because I believe in the last two minutes you've been real communication because if you've been sharing your feelings, it is, it is a very powerful thing. It is personal. There's only us of our feelings. Uh, I read a quote recently and it was Tori Amos, the singer, and she said, I want to be vulnerable because if I'm vulnerable with people, I don't have to hide anymore. And I think that is fantastic. The vulnerable things. And if you share feelings, both positive ones and negative ones, we're revealing who we really are. Otherwise, we can just pretend. And I always reckon we're beautiful and we're imperfect. We're all beautiful, beautiful human persons, but we're also imperfect. And it's both are very, very important. Our beautifulness is special, but our imperfectness. And if we only show people the bits we think are beautiful and hide the the imperfect bits, we're not seeing, people are not seeing who we really are. So thank you for doing that. Can you have a bit of participation again? If you, when you talked just for the last two minutes, you actually, did you, your feelings change as you were talking? Give us a wave if, you, if that was your experience, where you, you felt... Because when we talk at that level, it does something different to the soul. I'm not going to do level five. The level five is, is total openness and total commitment, which I don't think anybody ever gets to. But it's, it's somewhere like a journey. It's a road less travel. It's getting there. But before I stop this and then hand over to the next person who's going to say something, all I want to say is I've got feelings talking about this play. These young people, young people, when they arrived in 1980, they were coming into a, a tough situation. And when I talk about that community, I don't live there now. I live in a, a different community. But when I lived in that community for 10 years, it was very violent. I was frightened of walking the streets, and I lived there for 10 years. And our daughters had plastic windows in the windows because they used to be get broke with bricks. And we were living in a very tough inner city community. And I still have disturbed the feelings when I, when I think about it. So I'm, I'm, what I'm doing here is sharing a vulnerability with you. Do you know what I mean? Because I still, I still have parts of my life which I walk in fear, and I think it's fantastic to be able to talk about them. We're going to move on now. That's the model, and we call our Levels 5 group because we have a commitment to that. And now I'm going to hand over to Deb. Hi. I'm just going to talk a little bit about how it's developed um, and how it works. Um, since the, the 10 day, um, Mayflower experience that we had, um, we, um, we have met ever since for d- about two to three times a year, um, ever since, for, obviously for the last 25 years. Um, we meet in various venues. We've taken it in turns, um, to host it. Um, it's usually a day, um, a whole day. Um, and what we do is we, it's not, it's not terribly scientific. We, we, we write all our names in a, in a hat. Uh, um, sorry, we write all our, our names down on a bit of paper and put them in a hat. And, uh, and then we just pick out um, the name. And then we, we literally just go around and spend about an hour talking about where we're at, um, about thoughts and feelings. Um, and we've basically done that for, t- for 25 years. Um, there have been um, many ups and there have been an awful lot of downs as well. Um, uh, on a personal level, I think um, 
one of the reasons why it's evolved is, is the fact that uh, when we went to the Mayflower, we actually, um, for most of us, in fact, apart from Pib, all of us, um, we, took it, we took ourselves out of our normal everyday life. Um, and probably for the first time, we, um, we, we worked in the community and we worked together. Um, and I think that it's, um, it's really helped us and um, bound us together. And I think that if, um, you know, if we do things um, and help other people, uh, we, we can gain an awful lot from it and, um, you know, bring ourselves into a t deeper understanding and more of a sharing. Um, just to add in another bit, another aspect of the group is that we try to include when we get together uh, a time when um, partners and, and other family members can join. And um, I guess in the case of, of Anne, the, the widow of our group member, that's a very profound thing that, that takes place. So that's certainly an aspect I would also want to mention. Um, this is still on practicalities, yes, about what we do. Okay. Um, yeah, I can't think of a lot to add. In terms of actually how we run the sessions, um, only to say that it obviously depends on, you know, we, we, we've sat down over coffee even this afternoon and quizzed each other on actually, you know, why 25 years on are we still together as a group? Um, and I think the thing comes down to commitment. As a group, there is a very strong um, commitment to each other and to the process. Um, and the level five sort of terminology happened quite quickly, really, because it was the, the commitment not just to each other, to meeting up, to, you know, put it, making the time in busy lives that we would do this, but also the commitment to come to the group and to be willing um, to be to have that level of honesty um, obviously there's you know there are reasons why we were able to do that over tremendous trust um, over over the years um, and Simon who was one of the members our members who who died um, a, a profound experience I think that also very much drew us together he was also the best secretary of the group that we've ever had and ever since we have struggled so badly emails come and go phone calls whatever um, it is one thing he said to all of us before he died was whatever you do keep going and when you've met make sure that Anne and the kids come along which we've done after we've done every time um, which has been fantastic but we needed his words in a sense you know to keep that commitment to keep us going yeah yeah thank you uh, we're still on how we function as a group and uh, there is people who, is, who belong to the group who are not here I think we've said that and we try to get together and we meet at somebody's house and we eat food and we drink coffee and we talk about the, but then when we go on level five, one, like, Dave will talk about what's been happening, his job, his emotions, his life, his, you know, what's been happening. But then people will ask questions and the questions, have, and they're not saying, oh Dave, you should, oh Angie, you should. It's none of that. It's just listening. And it is absolutely, you might think it's freaky. It, it actually works. It's worked for 25 years and it'll work for another 25 years. Um, but I, I just want to say something about Simon because uh, we talk about Simon. Simon was an original member of the group and when we had had this experience in 1980, we came to Greenbelt here and we started the Rolling Magazine, which some of you may remember, and with the, the, with the team of running a, a youth programme in a big top and it was fantastic. But in 19... 
1999, Simon had been on dialysis for a long time, and his life was in a mess. He was on dialysis, which was saving his life, but all his organs were packing in. He was being sick constantly, in hospital constantly. And what he did, he decided to die. He decided he would come off dialysis. So there he was, a young 34-year-old man, and we just came around him. And the last time I think we saw him, he was sat on the settee with a bucket between his legs being sick and saying to us, stay meeting, stay meeting. And and Simon died and his little daughter May was not yet one and his little boy was five. Now you can imagine that was a level ex- level five experience for us. So what we do when, when we meet together, Simon is always with us because we used to say if Simon was here, we'd start sooner and we'd do it proper sort of thing. Dave. I mean, as Andrew's already said, we, we meet and we discuss, we talk. We talk openly about anything. We do not judge each other. That's one thing we don't do. We have never judged. We have arguments. We have our ups. We have our downs. We have our disagreements, but we do not judge. And that's one of the most important things of Level 5, because so many people are judged for everything they do. That's one thing we don't do. We don't say, Andrew, you're bad because you've done this, or Pip, you're bad because you've done that. What people do in their lives is their business. But we are part of their business. We enjoy their business. So we will not say he's wrong or he's right. We will just love him for the person he is. We'll love her for the person she is. Who am I to judge what people do? It doesn't affect my life, but all our lives are affected together through the level five experience that we have. We enjoy meeting. We love meeting. We know everything there is to know basically about each other in every sense. Obviously, I think there are things that people may not discuss. It's not an issue. But what they do discuss, we hear, we take, we understand, we enjoy, we love. And it makes us grow together as a group. We can communicate with each other as a group about anything we wish to communicate about. There's no rights, there's no wrongs. There's no this is that, that is the other. Anything else to add to that, Tim? Which leads us neatly. <laughs> um, the, the, just the, the next, if you like, reflection that we were going to do is just to think about um, the impact that this has had on us um, over the, the period of the 25 years, uh, it, which is a huge thing to do, is to, to reflect on that because there are so many different facets to it. It's also a sense in which what we were concerned when we were planning this to think about actually... What are you going to take away from this session? And how can, other than, you know, our personal anecdotes about this is the impact that it's had on us and whatever. So it's a sense in which we'll, we'll, we'll do our own personal reflections now, but it would be great if you could actually be thinking in, in a sense about, um, the whole concept of level five, which is basically really honest, effective communication and to think about the implications for that for you personally, for your church context, your your just friendships, relationships, whatever, and, and how, if you like, putting into practice that type of level five um, commitment could make a difference. Um, there may be questions that you've got, so it, be thinking about those as we just go through and do these sort of final reflections. Um, for me, 
over 25 years, what has the impact of the group been? I, I would reiterate what Dave has said. To be able to come into a group on a regular basis, know that there is an expectation for honesty, so that you're, in a sense, held accountable for that, um, but that you go in there trusting people and that you are not judged is, uh, is a gift. And, and it has been a joy. Um, for me personally, over 25 years, when I look at this group, I consider them the reason, one of the reasons why I still have a faith. I think without being able on a base, on, on a regular basis to meet together and be in a place where my faith, when it was all over the place and if I'd gone into a church context, you know, I went into church context and felt that I wasn't heard or valued. I could come into this and these people became, in a sense, my church and my ongoing link. And that was uh, for which I am, will be forever grateful. Um, and I think it's very profound. Um, so acceptance, my church. The other thing is that underpinning, I think, the group, from our starting at the Mayflower and the commitment to not just communication, but the whole sort of underside theology, the whole, um, you know, looking, looking at people who are on the periphery, who are on the outs uh, outside. I think that has been a commitment that has impacted all of us, not just in the way we live our lives. I hope that is true, but also jobs that we've done, and, you know, careers that we've taken up. Um, so I think deep, deep things have, in a sense, have come out of the group. Thanks. Hi. Um, the benefits of the group. When, um, when, I, when I did the, um, the holiday, the 10-day holiday, um, it gave me a real burden for um, helping other people. Uh, and I went to work in a Christian-run children's home in, um, in South Woodford for a couple of years. Um, the time that we, we've shared together over the years has given me a, a real sense of sharing, um, not something that I ever really learnt in my, in my family. Um, the level of intimacy just wasn't there. And uh, I, I think, feel I've been able to carry that on in the friendships and the relationships that I've had and in the work I've done. Um, just an immense sense of... Um, of, of caring and, and of a real burden that I feel that I have um, for helping other people. Um, you know, standing or sitting here um, is completely foreign to me, but what I really love to do is just to, just to get amongst people, um, you know, on ones and twos, just a few people, and just to share and get to know them. Um, and the group has really, has really helped in that. And... Yeah, just uh, three things quickly. Um, certainly had an impact on my uh, working life in that I spent uh, seven years working with homeless young people after university, uh, then worked full-time for Frontier Youth Trust for a number of years, and now I'm a, a church leader and church community worker. And along the way wrote a book called Making Connections, plug, plug, plug. Um, and um, secondly, I actually, along with some of the group and then latterly on my own, I then went on to lead the project where we all met and I'm still leading it uh, many years later and have done for 21 years. So I now have the privilege of, of facilitating the experience that we went through with, with, the, with young people and now with 
all ages. And, and probably in that time I've worked with about 280 different, uh, 280 people, um, giving them an experience, a taster of mission, etc. Um, and then thirdly, I think it opened up a whole, whole body of thinking and reading, um, prompted by things that we talked about and books that were being talked about. Basically about the absolute beauty and value of each person and the uniqueness of them, them as a person and the uniqueness of their story. And obviously, if you're sharing together, uh, you're sharing very, very precious things. You're sharing really wonderful things. And at that um, deeper level, when you're sharing your feelings, uh, there's a there's something about that human level which I think is completely relevant to our faith. Um, that God knows us. God knows us inside out. And uh, he loves us for all of who we are, good, bad, insecure, secure, confident, gift, whatever. And um, But somehow when you get b- below the surface and start to share more deeply, something very, very special happens and a, a bond happens. And um, that for me has been very closely linked to my faith because I believe that God loves all of us. And somehow when you go deeper, there's a special bond. I'm not explaining it very well, but I'm sure you know what I mean. Um, the benefits over 25 years. One of the things is we, we fix a date up maybe three months in, in advance. We travel from all over the country to be together. And sometimes I'm really knackered and I just don't want to be there. You know, at the end of a busy week, spending a whole day together. But when I get there, I find that people ask me questions purely because they want to listen to what I say. How often can you be with people where people ask you a question and before you've started, they they start telling you something else or asking you something else. People ask questions in this group and then they listen. So a group of people around just listening to what I say and that's it. There's no like, yes, but, or you should or you ought. There's nothing like that. And that is unconditional love. It's total acceptance. And that is fantastic for my soul. For my part, one of the things we don't do is we do not rehearse what we're going to do. We do not think in advance what we're going to do. We just get there and we just do it, knowing that we're going to be honest with each other, knowing we're going to be listened, knowing I'm not going to be judged. And I go back you know, about judging. When Debbie was saying when she first met us, she was driven down by her mum. I'm conscious, I'm a big black man. She saw me, I was about 20 at the time, She's probably never met a black man in her life. You know, 25 years on, you know, we're still very good friends. That means an awful lot to me. And I've been in that situation time and time again. And it hurts when people look at me for the colour of my skin. So what? What does it matter? You're not better than me. I'm not better than you. We're equal. In his eyes, we're equal. In our eyes, we're all equal. No matter what jobs we do. Yes, okay, um, we're just talking amongst ourselves. <laughs> we'll just do an hour each now if you'd like to just listen. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, we just, uh, I, I think really I'm, I'm, I don't really know how to wrap up, but we're going to go into questions very, very shortly, and I would really love you to, to ask us some things because, in a sense, that will draw out the things that, as David said, we, we, we rehearsed a bit earlier, but 
this will be the richness, really, if you can ask us some questions. So I'm just going to go along the line to see if anybody wants to add in anything that we haven't said so far. But um, I think, yeah. Um, there were so many things that I think I could say, but I suppose it's just had such a, an enriching experience for me. And I feel it's, it, you know, it's changed who I am as a person, which, you know, is just fantastic. No, nothing to add. I, I think what I would say is that, listen, you can do it. Uh, so often we let life go down and we react to it and we just let things happen. It is possible that, that we can be not reactive but proactive and we can get a group of people together and say, listen, let's meet up and really talk and really communicate. Let's talk level five. And the benefits of that, it's like a flower being a bud or a flower being opened up to the sun. And that's the difference. I think we need to open up to the sun. No. So I just thought of something. I w I've just um, come back from a trip um, to Provence with an organisation called Oak Hall that you might have heard of when I was a speaker. And I, I just had some lovely conversations with people. And um, I had a conversation with a guy, a uh, 38-year-old single guy. And just at the end of it, he said, um, I've never told that to anybody else before. And... Um, um, I believe that when you bring things out into the open, something different happens. If they're stewing around in your juices or in your head, um, it's different from if you actually present them to somebody else. Something different happens in that experience. And um, somehow you're, you're listening to your own words and how you're telling it. And uh, you make discoveries about yourself and the reaction of the other person. And it's something different. And so the sharing becomes very, very profound. Certainly that was an absolute privilege for me, and I thanked him so much. But I believe that in doing that, he will be a different person because he's brought something into the open that laid in secret. I think that's very important. I'm going to hand over to Pip now. We're going to enter into a question and answer thing. Uh, meaning, hopefully you are interested enough to answer, ask some questions. And all these lot are, have got to answer them, haven't they, really? And how we're going to handle it is if you can shout out your question, I will repeat it over the mic so that it will go to the tape. Otherwise, you will be picked up in the tape. And then I'm going to ask somebody to answer the question or respond to it better because I don't think there's any real answers, is there, really? We're on a journey and we learn all the way. So... Anybody wants a question about anything? It doesn't honestly matter what it's about. Yeah. You mentioned some of them have chosen not to continue meeting. Can you say why? I think, well, I'll answer that. Some of them have just dropped off contact. But there's others. One of them lives in Hong Kong, uh, Annabelle, and she, she writes books and she's an author. She's a fantastic human. But she was in London last week for the first time for a long time. A lot of us hadn't seen her since Simon died six years ago. And it was just absolutely heavered. We had a lovely meal together, drunk wine, and then we went round the corner and broke a bottle of champagne and said, 25 years! It was fantastic. Yeah. So, so people go different, the, the, the people have gone different ways. Some people have not wanted to carry on or lost contact. But it, the, there is a number of people who were still on email contact, if not on sort of personal human contact. Uh, there's a few hands were waving, which is very encouraging. I'll go round like this so I'll not miss you out. Here, sir. Now, there's a few of the partners here which may be able to answer it better. <laughs> it is a closed group, meaning we st there's nobody and new people can go in. And, and well, I'll ask uh, Tim. That's a great question. Thanks ever so much, because I'm, I'm the only single person in the group. Uh, <laughs> I find it a very safe experience. 
Um, well, well, I've been married for 15 years nearly, so um, uh, we'd been meeting for 10 years. Um, I, I, and I think my husband is here. Uh, yes, he is, over there. Um, I think, um, I mean, when we meet for the day and we level five, um, usually in the evening we, we meet up and have a takeaway. And so we, we, let the, we let the families come then, so, which is lovely because it means that, you know, we can all get to know each other. Um, I think uh, they feel a bit, uh, I think Mark feels that he'd quite like to know what's going on but doesn't really want to. I know it doesn't really answer the question it's a very good question oh, I would love to I would love to know the answer to that actually from our partners and spouses uh, but from my point of view uh, what I do know is that my my husband understands how important this is to me and so values it for me um, and then is very happy not to ask any other questions at all. <laughs> and he's sitting over the bat somewhere, so. <laughs> okay, thank you. We'll, we'll move on with others. See, your, your questions are good, you see. Yeah. Okay, that question is about what part of the group is uh, sort of the in, on the Christian faith sort of angle. So I will drop that down. Yo, Angie, yeah, you do that one, Angie. So this one is that's fine. Um, it was interesting because when we met up with Annabelle, um, having not seen her for six years, um, and she sort of stayed on, on the periphery of the group and kept in contact. She hasn't got. She would say quite clearly now that she hasn't got a faith, but is interested in spiritual things and communication and whatever. Um, and meeting up with her and having what was in a meal situation still a very very honest and open conversation I think and there are other members of the group I can think of who would come in and would say that their faith maybe has moved from something very concrete to something which is more ambiguous that other people who have moved from not particularly having a faith to having something quite profound I think in the, our faith journeys have taken us in very different places and that the group has allowed us to touch base and to make sense of that um, I think what the group says is you know we are accepting you as a human being wherever your journey has taken you um, and I, 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 I think that that there, you know, there are times when you, 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 whatever, from your own personal faith position, you might wish that other people in the group had a more profound faith or some, or whatever. I, I, I'm, I, I don't want to undermine that because we all come from quite different sort of faith positions in a sense. Um, but the, the commitment is to the individual. And I think what you can't do is undermine how profound that is in terms of allowing people to develop their faith um, in, in, in ways over which we have no control, but in which, you know, we, we, we trust, I said, uh, uh, you know, in, in God's holding that together, I said. Okay. Okay. So thank you. Um, thank you. Can, can I say, every time we meet, we do God's football pitch. One of my books in the bookshop over there, plug, I've got a brand new one out. There's a, a, a blob level five thing, which helps people to talk. 
uh, on level five, but there's also a God's football pitch, and that you can either be on the terraces as a spectator or being on the pitch with God where the action is. And we always do that. We always ask each other, where are you on the pitch? And some people are off the pitch completely, but that doesn't matter in terms of people that are accepted. So that we'd say a lot more about that, but let's, we're going around the circle here. Yeah. Was there anybody in the group who we had trouble with? I think that's the question. Uh, thinking about the only real troublemakers are all here. Ted. Any trouble with? Um, yes, Deborah and, Anne and Angie always have trouble with me. I've been with my partner for 10 years. And one of the questions they always ask me is, when are you going to get married? I'm, it's a good question, but I know it's going to come up. It's the only thing that I know is going to happen. They're going to ask me. She, they know she's got a ring, but all they want to do is buy a new hat. They don't want to do anything else. They want to go to another wedding. But that's it. That's the trouble. But otherwise, we don't argue. We never, we're not together very often, so we don't argue. We don't live on, in each other's pockets. Uh, questions, questions, anybody at the back there, sir? And I'll come to you. Yeah. Are you talking about the marriage thing now? What were you talking about when you say we don't judge each other? Yeah, we, we, we ask each other questions, and some of the questions are tough to answer. And sometimes maybe we don't answer them proper, I think. But we, we, we ask tough questions. We don't say, yeah, oh, you know, everything okay. Uh, and that means we talk about the tough things, the dark side, as well as the, the beautiful side. It's the beautiful imperfection stuff. Okay. Over, yeah. I can remember Tim on occasions coming in and the expect, it, there isn't a conflict, I don't think, between an expectation for honesty and, uh, a, an openness and willingness not to judge people. Um, I can remember Tim on occasion coming in and saying, you know, there's stuff actually I'm not going to talk to you about. And that's fine. That's part of the level fiving is to be able on occasion to turn and say that I, I, I might be in the middle of something or it's, it's just, it's not, it's not appropriate. I think every group of people develops a pattern of being. So you, you're right. You're talking about the balance between freedom and expectation. And there is a pattern that you develop that can encourage you then to come in again at a similar level. But at the same time, there is a complete respect that at the end of the day, as Pip said earlier, there won't be complete honesty. People will share at the level that they want to. Now, I might choose to ask a question that is... is um, giving the invitation to somebody to go a bit deeper if they want to, but you will soon know whether they want to or not, and then mm. you respect where they're at. Does that answer your question? Well, listen, Walt, we've only got five minutes left, and I can say it's fantastic you've stayed with us for so long, and some of your bums must be really numb, except these people on comfortable chairs here. So what I'm going to do is ask as many people as want to ask a question, and then what I'm going to do is pass the, the mic down the line, and people can answer whatever, whichever question they want or none at all, whatever. So, just, it's interesting what questions you were asking because, obviously, yes, sir? That question is about what have we learned about the limits of friendship? We've got to come back to you. Yeah. He's saying it sounds fantastic and he's saying, is it possible that any people here 
could form a, your own group? And that's a good question, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think it's quite a good question. Is, is do we save up all our things we want to talk about for three months and then let them all out? Or do we have accountability locally? Yeah. Yeah, to other people. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, sir. Yeah. Okay. It's about not, how do we balance between uh, accepting and, and not judging in that, that whole process. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, okay. We, we don't do that. You know, people can come and, and we, we never say, uh, we, we, we don't say you're going down the wrong path. We never say you should. I never use the word should or not in my life because I think they're oppressive. But uh, any questions down here? Are we finished? And we're just going to pass the mic down the line. Any more questions? What well, one over where? Over oh yes, yeah. Yeah, that's a good question about are we more open because we meet less regularly? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do we do we have boundaries? Did it start naturally at the beginning? Do we do we do we sort of develop it, or did it do we form a guide and that sort of thing? So I'm going to pass it down to Tim, and we're going to go down the line, and I'll finish up at the end. I think. Uh, no, I think it's been a natural process. We didn't plan anything. Um, I think we were ta- some of us were talking earlier, and we were recognising that there's a sense in which a bit like some people might go on retreat every now and again, and they're. You know, you might share, you might come here and, and talk to somebody in soul space that you might not talk at other times. That There is a little bit of that about the group. Um, I would say in answer to your question that that there's a sense in which conscience comes in and if, if I really felt I had to say something, I would say it. And obviously when you know people really, really well, they would respect you for saying that. Um, yeah, I might add in something in a minute, but that's, that's it. Um a lot of people, um, when I say, you know, what they say to me, what are you doing at the weekend? And I happen to be meeting up with um, some of the level five. Uh, and when I explain very briefly, um, they say, oh, I'd love to be a part of something like that. Um, and I think that, um, you know, everybody has the, you know, is able to do yeah. that. Um, I, I think... It, I think it does help if you um, kind of look outward and kind of... I mean, a lot of people are kind of waiting for, uh, you know, a group to kind of happen. Um, I mean, it's taken, you know, uh, you know, effort on our part because, I mean, we've been the whole length and breadth of the country, um, uh, you know, sort of to meeting up with each other. Um, so, I mean, I think the fact that we helped at the, the Mayflower and we... we you know, we did community work together, helped. Um, and I think it's one of the few groups, if not the only group, that I feel that I don't have to perform in some way, that there's no expectations, that I don't have to worry about 
um, anything that I'll say um, because um, they, they'll either store it up or they'll tell someone else or or they just won't, you know, tell me what to do next, which people just are very good at. Or the mic disappears. Um, uh, just, just a biblical example. If you look at this, the Gospels, if you look at when Jesus is in a crowd situation, often he will have one on one on one encounters with people, and you will find that what what he does amazingly is create space for people. And um, uh, in the way he just go and read a gospel story, and you'll see that in crowd situation he creates space for people. And I think a lot of what we would encourage you to do in your daily life, in your working life, is to create genuine space for people. Just listening space or sharing space or just don't jump in or when you go to the coffee machine at work, don't just grab your coffee and go. Just leave two minutes where you can talk to the person. Actually, that sort of thing. It's just. But look at the gospel stories. Jesus created space for people and that's part of their liberation, isn't it? Um, I can't remember at all that now any of the questions apart from yes I think it was specific a specific context um, for a, an, an opportunity which we grabbed and um, we didn't set formal ways it just evolved um, and yes because we don't see each other that often we are able to I don't think I'm doing quite well here I don't think store it up because I think all of us could name people who we know about in each other's lives who we use to to share with on a, on a level five bef- outside of the group so it's not that we're we're only doing this and, yeah, it's a very good question. Does it include partners? I am dying to ask my partner out there whether or not that's true. Um, I, I think for most of us it probably does, yes. Um, but I, 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 think it's, I think it's a good question. <laughs> my, my husband is now cringing out the back. Um, and there was another point. Limits of friendships and would you ever actually say, I think what we do in creating space and because we we love and know each other that well, what we're able to do is to ask questions which, in a sense, enable us to look at things on a level which open up the fact that if we're about to jump over a precipice, that we go, oh, maybe that's not such a good idea. Okay, I'll only say one thing. I think we experienced in 1980 a Level 5 experience. I'd love to have spent a little bit more time and asked you to really share with each other because that would then be a catalyst to want to do this again. Because I think the positive, when you have an experience and it's positive, you want to continue it. Last word from Dave and then we've got to shut down the shop. Well, the one thing I will say... Uh, I'm going to put my uh, I'm going to put my email address up here. If anybody wants to be emailed with a, a model, we've got this in a. We, we did act, want a projector to project some of the images up here. So I will email you the model of level five and other bits and pieces which may help you in the whole process. So I'll put my email up here. Then it's up to you to come at us. Last word from Dave. To the first question, no, there isn't any boundaries. You know, to the questions that are asked and the questions that are answered, we just go with the flow. And for me personally, it's been an absolute privilege to be part of such a group where open honesty is the norm. Every group, people expect something of you. Every group, you don't want to tell the truth. You don't have to tell lies, but you don't want to tell the truth. But what's wrong with telling as it is? If I tell it as it is, I've got nothing to hide. They can't hate me anymore. They can't love me anymore. 
Okay, that's it, folks. We're, we're going to stay around if we want to talk. I think this seminar, there's no more seminars in here, is there? But we, uh, if we want to talk, we, we can chat. Can I say thanks for staying with us? It's very encouraging that you're willing to stay and, and listen. But if you want to talk, it's important to talk, I think. So talk with us or talk with each other about that. Thank you. Thank you.